Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I am Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It's day 777. What a theologically rich and significant number, right? Death 777. Um, we're here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love and for your faithfulness over 777 days of being together in your word. What a, what a privilege, what a joy. We pray that you would write your word on our hearts today and that you would be glorified in our lives today. We pray this in Jesus' name, for his sake. Amen. First Thessalonians chapter 3. Therefore, when we could bear it no longer, we were willing to be left behind at Athens alone, and we sent Timothy, our brother and God's co-worker, in the gospel of Christ to establish and exhort you in your faith, that no one be moved by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we are destined for this. For when we were with you, we kept telling you beforehand that we were to suffer affliction, just as it has come to pass, and just as you know. For this reason, when I could bear it no longer, I sent to learn about your faith, for fear that somehow the tempter had tempted you, and our labor would be in vain. But now that Timothy has come to us from you, and has brought us the good news of your faith and love, and reported that you always remember us kindly, and long to see us as we long to see you. For this reason, brothers, in all our distress and affliction, we have been comforted about you through your faith. For now we live, if you are standing fast in the Lord. For what thanksgiving can we return to God for you, for all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God, as we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. So in chapter 3 here, Paul is again, he's he's been uh, reiterating his, his love for them. He said at the end of chapter 2, What is our hope and joy and our crown of boasting before the Lord Jesus that is coming? Is it not, is it not you? You are our glory and joy. Therefore, when we could bear it no longer, we were willing to be left behind at Athens alone. So when Paul left Thessalonica, he went down to Athens and he just, he had to know how the Thessalonians were doing. There was persecution. There was, there were enemies who came up. And so he wanted to send Timothy back. And so Timothy went back and that left Paul in Athens alone. This is when Paul goes and gives his speech on Mars Hill before the, the Areopagus, this people who get together and talk about the latest ideas in Athens when his heart was grieved with the idols there is because Timothy had gone back to Thessalonica and then Paul moves on to Corinth and Timothy rejoins him in Corinth and then Paul writes this letter 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians from from Corinth but notice notice the warm affection from Paul for this young church at Thessalonica. It's very interesting that we're in Song of Solomon, and yesterday we were focusing our attention on how great the church is, how beautiful the church is, how precious in the eyes of Christ the church is. And here we see this. 
um, Paul, as the apostle of Christ, as a man who has a heart that very much reflects the heart of Christ, is burdened for this church, loves this church, wants this church to be growing, and so that's his heart for them. He wanted to learn about their faith. He was afraid that maybe the tempter had tempted them and their labor would be in vain because if Satan had moved in and had gotten the Thessalonians to abandon their newfound faith, well then Paul's missionary work would have been fruitless and he would have no boasting, no, no glory to present to Christ on the day of judgment. But that's not the, the case. The Thessalonian church was not tempted away from the Christian faith. They are steadfast, and, and the faith is spreading from them, as we saw earlier. The good news of your faith and love, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and love for all the saints. Those are the two marks of a true Christian that Paul emphasizes in, in many of his letters in many places. How do you know someone is really a Christian? Well, do they have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and do they have love for all the saints? Do they have love for their brothers and sisters in Christ? If you're lacking in faith in Christ, or you're lacking in love for the brothers, then you are your 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 faith is not appearing to be genuine. It, it seems lacking. It seems to be counterfeit. But but he gets this good news of their faith and love, and also that they were longing to see Paul just as surely as Paul was longing to see them. So in all this distress and affliction, they're comforted because they know that the Thessalonians are standing firm in the faith. In Corinth, Paul runs into more persecution, more problems, but he's encouraged because he knows the places he's gone where he's preached Christ and started churches, Christ has been faithful to those churches. Now that doesn't bring him complacency. It does bring him joy. It does bring him comfort, but not complacency. How do you get comfort, but not complacency? If you have an earnest desire from the heart to see God glorified and the church built up. And so what they do is give thanks and pray most earnestly. Give thanks and pray most earnestly. They give thanks for, for all that they're hearing about the Thessalonian church. And they're praying that they might be able to see them face to face and supply anything that is lacking. And then this final blessing this this benediction before he goes into the last part of his letter where he's going to have some things he needs to correct them about um this last part of this of this first half of the letter you can divide first thessalonians into chapters one to three and then four and five being sort of the two parts of it and the first part's largely positive and encouraging and relational and warm-hearted of course that continues in the second half but in the second half is starting in verse chapter four and then in chapter five there's more correction of some false teaching that has come in. It's not such false teaching that would lead them away from Christ, but it is serious false teaching nonetheless that needs to be corrected. And so we're going to see that when we return to 1 Thessalonians in a few days and pick up chapter 4. But what's this last section of this first half of the letter? Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. That's his prayer. He says, we're praying most earnestly night and day that we may see your face to face. How is he praying? He's praying this, now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. And he's not just praying for that, though. It's not just a matter of, I really, really want to see you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness 
before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Now that very last phrase, that very last section of verse 13 is setting up the main focus of chapters 4 and 5, which is the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you love other Christians, you don't just want them to be healthy or happy or prosperous. You want them to abound in faith and in love for one another and for their hearts to be established blameless in holiness before God. In other words, Paul's focus when he thought about his fellow believers and other churches, he was praying for them. His focus was always first and foremost on their spiritual well-being. If your prayer list of praying for other Christians reads like a medical report or just a list of problems, earthly circumstantial problems, those things are fine to pray for. They are. But that shouldn't dominate our prayer life for one another. What should dominate our prayer life for one another are spiritual concerns. Faith, love, hope, confidence in Christ, spiritual growth, fruitfulness for the glory of Christ. That's how we should be praying for another. Paul models that. He models that. May the Lord make you increase, increase in faith, increase in the gospel, and abound in love for one another and for all, as we do for you. Says, you know, He says, we have this in our own heart so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness. Ultimately, that's only going to happen when Christ comes again, right? Blameless in holiness at the coming of our Lord Jesus. But that's the goal. The goal is not that we have comfortable lives, free from pain and illness, and full of money in the bank account. Sometimes that's what we wish for, and that's what we pray for. And frankly, when we wish for that above all else, and if we pray for that above all else, we're just kind of being worldly hedonistic like everybody else like who doesn't want those things right I don't, you can be an atheist agnostic muslim hindu whatever and you want to be healthy free from pain free from disease have a happy good life and have plenty of money in the bank account to cover your expenses like that's that's what everybody wants the distinctly christian hope is that we would have strong faith in Jesus, that we would honor him with our lives, that we would love one another and all people, that we would glorify God, that we would be holy in heart and behavior. That's how we should be praying for ourselves, for our children, for our others, for our church. Let's pray that way. Let's pray now. Heavenly Father, we need you to make us holy in heart and behavior. We need you to give us love love for you and love for one another. We need you to grow us in the gospel graces, in the fruit of the Spirit, in Christ-likeness. Would you do that work in each one of our hearts? Would you do that work in our church? Make us more like Jesus, full of faith in you, full of love for one another, fruitful in your kingdom. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that is 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. Thanks for joining me. And as always, I do hope you have a blessed day in the Lord. And that means a day. I always end that way. What does that mean, a blessed day in the Lord? It doesn't necessarily mean a day without problems or a day without conflict or a day without trials. I hope you have a blessed day in the Lord, a day in which you're trusting in Christ, walking in fellowship with him, and in love for your brothers and sisters in Christ and for the neighbors that God has brought into your life. That's a blessed day in the Lord, a day of faith and love. 
Have a blessed day in the Lord. Thank you.